question. That would be a useful question, yeah. The answer depends on if it's your abortion, right? Because it's like, if it is, then it's just like, um, same day, right? Like whatever she needs to heal, the little angel, like. (laughs) But if, if it's some other guy's abortion, it really depends on how big her tits are, right? <laughs> uh, um, uh, what else? Um, you know, sometimes... Um, You know, I, I think I am too fragmented. Is, uh, does anybody want? Is it my time? When is my time up? Oh, has it been? Oh, got five more minutes. Okay, okay. Let's not let's let's not let it go. Yeah, that would be lame. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. The um. Okay. So um. Let's just say like, oh, so I had a conversation with uh, my cousin who I started. So we're from Possum Trot, Kentucky, right? We, I started medical school with this guy. And like during the first year, he fell out due to Oxycontin. So he left it for his love, so to speak, you know, and he's still been with it. He's still with it, right? And so he got drunk the other night and called me and he started talking about him being at a somebody's house with my brother and his wife and my brother passed out and he watched his wife fuck the owner of that house and their wife while he was fucking another girl and then there was basically like this big circle in the hot tub i don't think he fucked my brother's wife but that's just that's where he's at in life you know like like (laughs) you know he's 35 so it's i mean in those moments as soon as you say something contemptuous it's like it's over like they just stopped talking you know but i could i couldn't help but say like i I, what i said was like yep that sounds like how they breed in the trailers or in the mobile homes you know and he was like no and he shut up and then like you know i don't know it's just um there should be some restraint right it's not all just like yeah hey, yeah fucking sex <laughs> like look at this crazy confusing mess that it <laughs> the second thought i don't really like i don't really like my brother so i thought it would have been this woman was pretty predatory to him uh, there was something in me that wanted like there to be a story about out there of like her fucking another guy making him watch. <laughs> I um the dark side of me, I guess. Yeah. But he's he's dying of fat liver disease. And I'm sort of ambiv- ambivalent to it. If he <laughs> if he dies or what I, I don't want him to, but it's like I don't it's yeah whatever
Yeah, funny shit, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think that's it. It's good, yeah. Uh, I don't. Um, uh, like you know, sometimes um, uh, you know, everybody wants to come up and help the disabled person, which is like the that's the awesome, awesome part about being disabled. You see the better part of man, you know, and it's a it's a good moment for interaction when it does happen. So you like let it happen. You you play your level of disability to the level that they want to help you, right? So if they come up and want to help me put my wheelchair in the car, it's like yeah. And so I'm taking the parts and putting it in there and talking to them. But if the interaction starts off with oh my god, I love your shirt. It's so blue. Did you go to Yellowstone? <laughs> I'm like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm important. Important. You are important. Important, bitch. I can't fucking come. <laughs> hmm. I is that okay? Yeah, 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 I can tell that joke. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, this, uh, this comedy writing business, it puts you in some dark places, you know? Like, <laughs> it just does, you know? So it's like, why do it? You know, because I, 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 didn't, I didn't get into this for me. I mean, it was always my dream to one day like get good enough at this to maybe roll into a black neighborhood and through jokes teach them how to dodge like police bullets and stuff <laughs> I could change, change this fucking world man <laughs> alright that's about all I got so that's it. Thank you, Capital. I, I want to see if you came up with anything. What? Because I feel like you kind of just came up with most of that stuff on the spot. Because <laughs> I, I really can't tell with you. I don't know if you got bits or if you're just like fucking thinking. Do you start off thinking and then try to turn it into a bit? I already feel stupid. <laughs> <laughs>
repetition and variance, so you know how you speak. <laughs> yeah, you said you talk about the same shit. Well, yeah, yeah, the same sh shit. Easy. Like, just frame it different every time. You know, like, other artists do the same horse every time, and it's different every time. Like, you see that throughout time, this repetition and variance, so. Um, that, yeah. I, like the McGreed so What? Like the McGreed, McGreed? Sorry, I'm gonna let you rip. No, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. The, the McGreed what? The guy that paints like big apples and big rocks in the same room. Oh, I see, yeah. That was, that's... Y'all thinking about like motherfucking motherfucking Persephone's and shit. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm thinking. I'm still thinking about how last time I hit the bong, a little water got in my mouth and it tastes really bad. Um, ain't no smart shit at watch and learn. That's talk and learn. <laughs> This watch and learn. You gotta be on stage or holding a microphone. Uh, I don't have any jokes. This is cool though. What if I told comment? What if I told jokes like this? <laughs> it would just, it would just. Just hold the suspense at all times. Everybody be fucking nervous. Especially Pam Benjamin. Because <laughs> she owns this. And as I said, she's very broke. So we wouldn't get a new one. So y'all should be nervous. Um, <laughs> who wants to do a minute? A minute sounds fun. We should all do a minute. Raise your hands, like class. No, fuck it, this ain't school. <laughs> also, like you said, fuck it, I'll do a minute. You didn't even raise your fucking hand. <laughs> Maybe I'll give you like 58 seconds. You get 58 seconds. 57, motherfucker, keep talking. You know what sucks? Can't tell any of that on stage. <laughs> Can't make fun of you. <laughs> Feel bad making fun of you because you're alone. Um, you're foreign. You gave yourself up. I literally, I, I wanted to know what fucking American city you were from. You said a fucking foreign country that I already forgot. Um, glad I didn't make fun of you. Um, you look weak. Your outfit is very plain. Vans. They aren't that beat up. You're not really poor. <laughs> you just dress plain to look poor. But you make a decent amount. You've got a ring on. Let me see your ring. You're hiding it now. <laughs> um, I can't see. I can't make fun of your ring. Um, 
No, there's another black guy in the room. You're not alone. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm out of material. I made a black joke. I'm in dangerous territory now. Who's ready for the lightning? That was my minute. Just make a... <laughs> Um... <laughs> Who's ready for the landing round? Yeah! <laughs> um... Are we gonna follow this again? Is everybody signed up? You're not signed up. But I know you were last. Sorry. Um... Everybody give it up. You get one minute, it's gonna be the same annoying ass fucking sound. I like it because you can finish your joke, but it's annoying as shit. If y'all don't like it, let me know. Come up and talk <laughs> to me after the show because I'm gonna be here and I'm. I play talk. Oh, wait, it's 9.49. Shit, we gotta cut it off, people. Oh, God okay. damn. Oh, Time flies. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I'm real motherfucking sorry about that. All right, come talk to me after the show. I'll make sure everybody gets an extra minute at the next show. <laughs> Especially if y'all bring people and there's hella people, so everybody only gets five minutes until I had a hella extra time like today. Um, extra two minutes, how about that? Motherfucking investment accrues interest over time. <laughs> Unlike comedy. <laughs> Does not accrue interest over time. <laughs> Learn that the hard way. Um, yeah, give it up for me. www.roxy.com. That's www.roxie.com today for showtimes and tickets. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer ya. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> everybody listen to the weekly review with roman every friday from noon to 2 p.m this is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program we interview community organizers activists and artists we talk about ways you can take action right now so listen in to the weekly review every friday from noon to 2 p.m Yeah.
gives you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for me every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you circling the base ten times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner than you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel this new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Barn Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, we've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. 
Uh, every Saturday night we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m. Rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m. Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen specials. Shot a bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shot. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Oh, yeah. It goes down. Come smoke with your boy, Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Hate Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Uh, let's see what we got. We're going to do pre-Columbian love Brett Smiley. Should we do that? Or Spaces? Yeah, we love Brett Smiley. Brett Smiley was a guy. Okay, I just want to do it. I'm going to do it really super quick. He died. He died recently. He was one of the original glam rockers. Barbara, we can't talk while you're talking. Okay, you know what? I'm just going to play it. Love you guys. We'll, we'll tune in next week, and uh, we'll be back with more great, um, entertaining uh, radio for you. Coming here on the Roxy Roller Radio Show every Saturday, 4 to 6, on Mutiny Radio. Come on, give me give me some music there. There it goes. It's going to happen. There we go. Love you guys. See you next week.
Test, test. All right. Can you guys hear me? One, two, one, two. Okay. So let's see. 
Vanessa, can you hear me? I can, Papa, can you hear me? Sometimes. Not when your mouth is full. Oh. All right, let's try that microphone in front of you. Hello, hello. That's not it. Try that one again. Hello. Oh, no, say the same one. Hello. Okay, that one's it. Perfect. All right, my limited view. All right, you guys, welcome back to my limited view. We have a very special guest today. And again, we're going to go right into it because we'll be doing the intro later on. So position yourselves, kids. I'm positioned. <laughs> ready, ready. All righty. Excellent. So we have Ignacio Pais, right? That, is that how you pronounce your last name? I. It works for me. It works for you. I've That's not been, it. I've, I've never been picky, but uh, I also don't know how my parents pronounce it. Oh, really? I think from what I remember, it was Pais. How do you spell it? P-A-I-Z. P-A-I-Z. Pais, and no? I say no. Pais, and people are like, oh, there's an E in there. but Oh, in English, it sounds like there is an E, but in Spanish, it's Pais. Like, if you pronounce every letter, it's Pais. So, yes, our guest is Ignacio Pais. And how old are you, Ignacio? I am 30 years old. 30 years old. When's your birthday, by the way? October 17th. Which is past. Just past. Holy cow. God, he, he looks much younger than 30, huh? You do. It's working yeah. for you. Thank you. Yeah. So, I was... Uh, uh, you told me uh, last time I saw you, uh, you shared that you have only been in one relationship. One serious relationship. S- serious relationship. So how is it that someone at the age of 30 has only been in one serious relationship? I was fascinated by that. Did you date in high school? Did you have... Just always just casual. 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 And well, what do you, why, why do you think that is? Like, why... I think it's mainly because I didn't want to... Ex- put myself in a vulnerable situation where you're you know willing to get your heart broken ouch that's one way to look at it that's Mm. interesting i've never looked at a relationship that way it was it was more of like a self-defense mechanism because you i think you equate that being in a relationship you're putting yourself to have your heart broken yeah pretty much yeah okay huh interesting a lot of people think like that. I don't think that's... Really? That I've never thought of it like that. Well, you're weird. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but I've always thought of a relationship of just all the good things that relationships bring. Of course, of course, you know, I've had my heart broken and it's not fun. Um, but yeah. Okay. So you, so you kind of made a conscious decision not to... Un- unconscious. Unconscious. What do you think led to that? Why, why was that your, your default? Um... I can probably say a lot of it had to do with my relationship with my mother. That'll fix, yeah. This is why I don't date women either. (laughs) Boy, we are doomed to screw up our kids, I tell you. Yes. But you know, uh, the uh, Judith, if you listen to the last episode, she said something that was really great. She said, whatever damage your parents do to you is less damage than was done to them. And then as you pass on to your kids, you do less damage to them, which is kind of sucks because there's damage all around and it's up to the child to overcome and develop and get through that which is you know sucks sucks everywhere well that's life isn't it yeah honestly yeah our little our little struggles and challenges and our unique struggles and challenges so you think your mom your relationship with your mom kind of your relationship with your mom or the way your mom was or the way she managed herself like when you say your mom what when I think back on it i feel like the the amount of openness i was able to have with my mother mm-hmm. as far as friends just 
knowing my mom. Friends as your friends or her friends? Yeah, male or female. She didn't... I wasn't able to bring them around her, so it was like, if I'm not even able to bring my friends that I'm casual with, why even attempt something serious? But, you know... Interesting. And do you know what the reasoning was for her not to allow you to bring friends over? I still haven't figured it out. I know there's a lot of issues that could have been my involvement, but also her personal can stuff. I Can sure. I ask what, what mom was like? Are we going to handle that? You, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we can. I'm curious. What was mom like? Mom was nice. Mom was thin. Mom was always. We like that. Mom was thin. <laughs> well, mom was really skinny. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say she was thin. I, I don't know. I don't can't diagnose anyone, but I remember her being very, very thin. Like frail. Like you could see bones. No, but really, like crackhead? that was my memory. Like crackhead frail, but healthy. No. But healthy. Yeah, no, not crackhead. That's unhealthy. But just someone who didn't eat that much or I don't know if it was her natural met- metabolism or what but she was I remember her being very very thin and very um, controlled right was Contro- that controlled in what way or controlling well it, it, things were not getting out things were you know T's were uh, crossed uh, rigid yeah rigid. rigid that's a better word actually rigid she was a bit rigid so do you think that do you think I wonder what the logic was for her to not allow you to bring your friends Keep now I have to say my mom never allowed us to go to anyone's home she said if you guys are gonna if you guys want to play with your friends they have to come here and now my mom's logic was I don't want to be responsible for you breaking anything or doing anything so I'd rather it happen here um, so I don't know if that was your mom's logic. No, no. Mine was more just, I guess, her sheltering me. She thought if I was going to be doing something, I would be getting into trouble or doing something bad, which is was likely. Well, you would have gotten into trouble, you think, if it was? Yeah. Oh, yeah. why? Why is that? Well, I mean, it got in, I, I mean, I did what I did either way Yeah. without her knowing or yeah. even having any involvement. But how do you equate trouble? I mean, teenagers are going to, by default, do stupid things. Children are. Yeah. That's just part of growing up. So there's a spectrum on, you know, I'm a little, I talk back. Like I spoke, I talk back. That was my thing. I never did drugs. I didn't drink. I didn't steal. But I had a sharp tongue and I was, had too much energy. So I got in trouble, but not in the sense of trouble of, not like what Vanessa did. Wait, whoa. Where well, no, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but you you were way more open. You were willing to, you were doing things at 14 that I didn't do till I was 24. Yes, I was alive and on the planet for sure. Yeah. So I don't know if that's trouble. So I'm, what was your spectrum for determining trouble? Like, what do like you... Like getting in trouble at school, detention, suspension. Did you get suspended? You know, yeah. Oh, okay. Regularly. Oh, wow. For like petty stuff. Good job. Petty stuff. What's petty stuff? Because... Petty stuff and suspension, I don't see those two together. Talking in class. Talking in class. Did they suspend you for that? Making, making a ruckus, like not allowing the t- teacher to do her job. You know? Okay, I suffer from that too. Um, I didn't consider that being bad though. But doing like, <laughs> like, like I remember one instance in like maybe sixth or seventh grade where class was really boring. We were having some type of lecture. Keep in mind that I was at Catholic school, so Ugh. I was dealing with nuns. Problem. There you go. And Problem they, one. They, they loved me. So. Oh, yeah. So I, I was just in class one day, and I remember I looked over to my friend, who was two seats away from me, and somebody got up in their seat to do something. 
and I thought it'd be a really funny idea to pull their chair out very that's, casually that's normal teenager that, junior high school pranks that is a hilarious thing to do yeah which I wouldn't consider I that trouble I mean you were just full of energy was it were you trying to rebel do you think was it what, what was driving this other than I mean you said you were bored and, boredom yeah that's what got me boredom okay you see I don't consider that bad but I got suspended because they ended up Slipping and hitting their head pretty hard, and oh. it was like a big thing. He was yeah. one of those kids that couldn't do like w- like would do innocent. I have a friend like this who would do innocent things. Where, yeah, <laughs> and, and would th- and receive the utmost ramifications from it. Whereas you know, I'm selling weed on the corner and nobody finds out, right? It yeah. just happened to be that personality. But also, I guess it happened to that the person fell and hit their head. That could have been... And their parent was like a donor to the school. Oh, so, sweet Jesus. Great, right? Good yeah. job. <laughs> yeah, you really you really know how to find them. Wrong chair to pull. So your mom kept you... Didn't want you to bring friends around because in her mind, if you were exposed to things, you could get in trouble. She thought... She was just trying to shelter me, probably. Shelter. I wonder what, what the end game was for that because sheltering your kids is never good. I mean, there are certain things you shouldn't know until you're older. I get that. But... I was sheltered and didn't help me at all. Yeah, it was tough. You can tell. Um, yeah. Huh. Well, I, limiting well. relationships, that seems... That's controlling. That's a slippery slope. That's very controlling. It's a, it's a little mommy dearesty in, in a way. And very manipulative. I mean, I, if I ever date anyone who tells me I can't see certain people, that's a really red... That's a big red flag. I think the what something that will... It's probably like a shock and awe type of statement that I heard repeatedly throughout my life and that I can remember, but it didn't really sink in in the moment, in the years mm-hmm. of hearing it, was her saying, quote, there are no friends, I'm your only friend. Ooh, that is very... So that can definitely impact anyone's desire to pursue a relationship, but that is such <laughs> a Latino parent thing to say. Is it? Oh, yeah. Really? I, especially when you're the youngest, they want to, and this is a broad, general statement, they want to groom the young child, the youngest one, to be the one around to take care of them when they're older. So Latino parents suffer from this a lot. True. Yeah, True. they do. That, mm-hmm. Everyone that I know that was a younger child who comes from, because you were born here, so she, your mom was not, right? She was from Nicaragua. Right. Yeah, so in Nicaragua, that's, I mean, my aunt had a t- terrible life, and my grandmother just destroyed her. Uh, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, that when my grandmother died, I remember looking at my aunt and thinking, oh, great, she'll break away from this. No. Too late. Yep. That had that root had been grounded so firmly on the ground that there was no way. Wow. Now, obviously, I mean, I started dating when I was twenty. I would say is when I really came out swinging. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Such a late bloomer. I was. I'm, I've been a late bloomer to everything. Thank God. Um, did you ever feel any either social pressure or to see that your friends are doing things and you're not? That that ever crossed your mind? Like I'm not doing the normal things. No, I was also I was always I was always just into having fun and messing around and not having to worry about commitments. Do you think you missed out on anything, or you were deprived of anything? I could see how people would say I missed out on like prom. Oh, so you didn't do that? Hmm. No. What was your reasoning? I didn't do prom either. I wasn't in a relationship. I I didn't really. 
Oh, do you think you need... Oh, I didn't know you had to... Oh, so you... Okay. Yeah, it's easier if you're in a relationship, but you didn't have any friends, so you could say, hey, let's go to the prom together? No, no. Did you shy away from that, or it's just something that didn't come up, or like how... I didn't really make the attempt gotcha. at all. No. So in a way, it seems like you just haven't made the attempt to try certain things. Like I said, remember, I was that self-preservation, yeah. and I wasn't allowing anybody in. Well, not only that, your mom was, sorry, mom, slightly, slightly brainwashing you. Yeah. <laughs> she was your only friend. It's true. And also out of that, well, I mean, I, I totally hear the self-preservation. I get that. I definitely get that. But with that self-preservation, you're also missing out oh, yeah. on definitely. so many things definitely. because these are the experiences. I mean, every heartbreak I've had has been wonderful because it has taken me to a whole new level and I've learned things about myself. Huh. So you didn't feel any pressure? Did your friends ever, like, hey, why aren't you doing anything? Why aren't you, that ever come up? No, no. Do you think you have close I never, friends? I'd never made serious friends in high school. It was always people who would also be getting in trouble, just a little bit more trouble than me. Gotcha. And, you fly under the radar yeah, compared so, to them. So I was always, like, guilty by association, but I was smart enough not to ever really get in trouble for anything serious. Wow. And how old were you when you got, when you were in your first serious relationship? 27. 27. Yeah. Wow. Really? 27? <laughs> yeah. Whoa. <laughs> and when you say first serious relationship, what did that mean to you? What was different about that relationship compared to all the others? It was like, all hats are off. Like, let's do this. And what was different? What made you cross that threshold? I was at a point in my life that I was ready to to let somebody in and just make some new experiences in my life also just like new challenges and make some breakthroughs with my self personal growth and what prompted that because that's a big step to take from let me self-preserve to i'm going to open up now yeah do like, you think it had something to do with your age Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Like, the, the advantages of getting older, you just learn certain things. But even still, at 27, that's pretty young still, as far as having these realizations. Something, was there anything that prompted you to say, hey, this is not, I'm not liking the way this is going? Did you have any of that? The main thing that I can try and pinpoint as far as how I even, how that relationship evolved at all was I was looking for a, a really, really good female friend. That's so sweet. Oh my god, That's I'm gonna literally die. what I was after. I was like, so you wanted a good female friend. I wanted friend. a really, really good female friend. And what prompted that? Just some point in my life that I was like, I've never had a really good female friend. Were you I, lonely? Probably. Yeah. Did, and did, did you ever have good male friends? Because you said you kind of kept everyone at bay. Not really, unless they were like family. Okay. And do you? And so, do you feel there was a? Did you have a home support? Whether it's cousins, your brother, or anyone else? Figuratively. Figuratively. Not one that I would actually uh, approach with Reach issues. Reach out to. Yeah. Gotcha. Wow. Now, if you don't mind, how old were you when you lost your virginity? Mm, Pause. 13, maybe. Oh. So you you. He was getting it in. At least you were getting it in. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> and I was really worried about you there for a minute. So what, how did that come about, if you don't mind? How did that come about? Um, honestly. Because 13... A friend that I knew that was just a year or two older, maybe two years older, was like, hey... 
you want to hook up with her, she's down. And you just thought, I'll try it. Yeah. And it wasn't like, oh, one night to another. It was like, oh, we're kind of dating for a few. I never took it as that, but she probably did. Yeah. Snap. Um. <laughs> the difference between men and women. Wow. And here we Even go. Even at 13. <laughs> here we go. Ah. And, and it just kind of came about. Did you feel any connection to her, or was it just something you wanted to check off no. your list? Uh, no, I just wanted to check it off the list, definitely. But at 13, I, what, what prompt? I, I can't say that I had that thought at 13. Really? I mean, I remember playing doctor when I was about five or six right. with other kids. I've never played doctor. Oh, really? Oh, I did. And, I, and that's what was really confusing for me, because I played with both boys and girls. I'm like, oh, I can't be me gay. Too. I like them both. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, There's still time for you. You can still play doctor, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> now it's considered role-playing. <laughs> when I did it, it was innocent. Thank you. <laughs> so you just thought, I want to do this. And how was that experience? Too soon. Too, yeah, yeah, too soon. Too soon. Yeah, sure. too soon. And when was the last... The More physical than emotional. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Think. Yeah. And when was the time you had it after that where... What was the second time you had sex? Jeez, I've never thought about this. Really? Probably somewhere 15 16 okay so it was like a five okay you had a, a few years there three no 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 definitely 14 okay oh okay yeah, oh not more, that it was more recent okay then and what prompted that one again just horn around really yeah huh. interesting i just wasn't i didn't have that yeah, I think everybody wants to touch genitals at around 13 or 14. My hormones were crazy. I just wanted to look at it and see it. And yeah, I mean, I remember going <laughs> through that, but not having. Yeah, I remember going through that. Like, I was fascinated by what the body looked like, yeah. especially on someone who was older, like oh, someone who had already hit puberty. Like, oh, you're fully developed. Like, oh, that's what it looks like. That's what happens to the body. I had that fascination, but I can't say that I was doing i was yeah i was fucking sheltered man but i remember talking about you know wondering what the body looks like um in like third or fourth grade there was this one girl who was very open and we would be in detention together and the teacher would be like all right write or i don't know what write a copy this magazine onto a piece of paper and have to write it out you know no, and I then she'd those. like she'd walk out and we'd be in there together in a classroom and she'd be like, want to see my boobs? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Who's going to say no to that? You're just a sav. You didn't even have to try. <laughs> Women are just pulling out their tits. Huh? Pretty much. And it was like a regular thing. So and she was open in the sense that she was just comfortable with herself? Or with what? her body, yeah. Because that's with her really body, comfortable. I can't, sure. I've never said anyone who wants to see my balls <laughs> and just whip them out. Well, Vanessa, have you? I've never whipped out a nut, no. Oh, <laughs> good. Keep them tucked. Interesting. Now, so, so 13, 14, and, and did you just continue to have experiences like that just to see what it was like? Or did you have a desire for sex at that point? Because once you try it, and you try it, like you really try, you're like, oh, got to do that again. Did you have that, or was it just something you did because it was there? It was probably just something I did. Okay. Just to, just to be a slut. And, be a slut. <laughs> and have a good time. Did you enjoy it? It doesn't sound yeah, like you enjoyed yeah. it. Really? You enjoyed it. Okay. Really. Okay. Did you know to protect yourself? Did you protect yourself? Yeah. I was like, no kids, no way. Okay. Oh, okay. That's Remember, good. Latino family. Yes. Don't have to tell they me. They don't know what condoms are, I no. guess. No, they don't. <laughs> I have enough step, I have enough cousins for two baseball teams, like I my, said. My mother came from a family of, of like 12 siblings. 
that Good poor maybe that I know of that poor woman's <laughs> vagina. Oh God! Your vagina falls out after that. I mean, you can <laughs> sit down after that, or laugh, or sneeze, or anything. Holy shit! Now, when you first told me that you'd only been in one serious relationship, I wondered, like, what triggered that? Um, did you ever find yourself? I wondered, I kind of thought to myself, like, what was my thing for not doing anything? And one of my reasons was because I wasn't sure what side of the fence I was falling on. I was like, do I like boys? Do I like girls? And I found them both attractive. So that was a bit complicated for me because, you know, the way they say is like, if you're gay, you're only into men. And I was like, well, but I do find women physically attractive. So that kind of delayed me a little bit. And I remember I dated a guy when I was 20. Then I dated a girl after. And I remember kissing her. And I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, there is a difference in the way you kiss a man and you kiss a woman. Did you have any either bisexual tendencies? Did you ever try anything or look at it? Like, I wondered if that was part of your not doing anything or holding back. No. I mean, I don't lie. You know, if a person is attractive, they're attractive. There is no choice behind that, even whether they're male or female. Have you been attracted to a male before? No, but I've definitely been like, hey, am I? Oh, that's good. It's so great that you can think you know? that. Yeah, that's wonderful. This is one thing I like, and I hate saying this statement. This is one thing I like about young people. <laughs> now, there's this comfort and... A, a, almost an ability to explore without yeah. it being like, oh, you have to be this. When I was younger, you were gay, straight, black, white. That was it. Yeah. And there was no, I think there, are, there would be way more bisexual people on the planet if we saw that as an option and if there wasn't the stigma that if a guy goes with another guy, that's it. You know, because women are way more evolved when it comes to this, but I don't know many women who would date a guy who've, who's been with other guys. Really? Yeah, a lot of girls that I know, women that I know, they're like, oh, he's been with another guy. Oh, what if he's gay? And it's just like, wait a minute, you can kiss another woman, you can explore with another woman, and it's okay. And when the guy does it, it's not okay. And it's not okay from both genders. Women are kind of nervous about it, and guys automatically think, oh, he must be gay because he had sex with another man. And I've had sex with plenty of straight men, and I know that they're not gay. Yeah, I think there's a nice also looseness or... Um I know, I feel society has just changed so that people are, are, are okay with their sexuality a lot more. I, I, think, it's, I think it's refreshing, for sure. I think it's sure. great. And when I see younger people express themselves this way, and I'm like, wow, I wish I had that when I was younger. I was terrified. Now, when you got into your relationship prior to this relationship, did you get lonely at all? Like, did you ever just stop and say, like, wow, I don't have this intimate connection. I don't have this bond. Or... You had nothing to really compare it to. I mean, I recognized that I didn't have that, but I wouldn't say I, I felt lonely. I was so involved with school and involved with work that there wasn't really extra time to entertain somebody else. To be lonely. That's interesting. That's kind of the way I feel about things. When I'm busy, nothing bothers me. But if you leave me alone to my, just to my own devices, it's like, wait a minute, there are certain things lacking here. It's like I have friends who say they're horny. I, I've never really... I've never had that thought. Really? Yeah. Even with your late night booty calls? or No. Interesting. Yeah. I don't get booty calls, by the way. Mm. I'm in the witness protection program. You can't find me. Well, this one does. He's got people pulling out titties all day. As I got older, I became much, much more selective. So I messed around in my younger years, but then easily 18 and up, I got much more selective i guess i wasn't i'm not and still i'm not easy you know i always see that term 
easy meaning to get in the sack yeah uh, yeah that term is always used towards females but yeah is it at least i haven't heard it for men used as male yeah. uh well i mean I, that's male probably horse. yeah that's mm-hmm. probably part of the problem where it's not used on men i mean men are really easy yeah and i'm not god so yeah but now, it sounds like s- sex was sort of a thing to do as opposed to a way to be close to someone for you I mean, at least that's listening to you talk. That's what I hear. I mean, I feel like part of growing up is having those, you know, those juicy, intimate times with somebody where you're, you know, you're holding somebody or somebody's holding you um, or looking into somebody's eyes. I mean, all that's kind of goofy teenage, you know, putting your hand in somebody's back pocket while you're walking. I just remember yeah. those little, yeah, those I little things. Yeah, I got none of that. Really? Of it, see, now that's what I see. When I think of the people that I've been really into, well, I, again, I have two different ways of having sex. When I think of the people that I have dated, it was that. It was a song in the background. It was cuddling in the in the bedroom. It was taking a shower together. It was those intimate moments. I mean, I remember my first relationship being in the tub and Sade playing in the background, and I was getting water from the tub and dripping it onto his knee. And, and like, I still have that memory very clear. Now, where I've had what I call mechanical sex, yeah, it's just like we're gonna do what I want, and it's, it's a done deal. Um, and you just come in, come out, come and go. Literally. Literally. It's like, okay, I shot my load. I'm good. And also, but, I've, but I'm really particular too. I mean, I look like I'm a box of tricks, but, and I'm no Mother Teresa. I've, I've had my fun. But I'm, I'm really selective about what I do with people, especially if I'm going to let them do anything to me. Like, I just don't. Yeah, you're very controlling. Yeah. Very controlling. Yeah, I don't. I, don't I just, can't imagine. Yeah. Are you two related? Is that what's going on here? Mm. Technically not. No. Technically okay. not. But I do know he's been. Well, I found out about him after I had left. His grandmother, his real grandmother, is the woman who took care of me when I was younger. Oh, wow. So by the time I left, he wasn't here yet. Right. So then I found out later on that he existed. And then you and I connected. I went to visit Myra, our aunt technically his aunt and somehow we connected and we just always kind of connected kind of you know hello goodbye and then he launched he was doing some stuff and yeah i don't know somehow i I always gravitated to him i feel like it it was easier to connect because you weren't really in yeah all the drama family ties you know you were a little bit out of the loop Mm -hmm. and my drama with the family was different than yours right and you've been around since the get-go i left and that was it now you're younger of two What's your brother? What's your relationship with your brother? Because you live with your brother, right? I live with my brother. I always have. Okay. And what's his relation? What's his dating life? Worse than mine. Worse than yours. Worse than mine. And worse than is that he's more of a slut? Worse in that he's never had a serious relationship, at least that I know of. And it's, how old is your brother again? Uh, so you're 30? Maybe 35. So I was going to say he's about there. four years older four, than Four, four or five, something like that. Hmm. I feel like there's a lot of men out there, a lot of young men who are, I don't know, a little bereft of that closeness that, that are creating bonds with, with females, even males. Yeah, but I think, I mean, the fact that your mom, your mom played a major role in this. So it's not like you just woke up one day and were like, I'm going to alienate women and I'm going to isolate myself from women that wasn't a a thought it was more I'm going to self-preserve and when you look at the environment you were brought in I can see that I mean if someone's telling you that you have no real friends I'm your only friend that's not a good thing to say to anyone no matter how old they are and I just recently realized or came aware of how damaging that 
could and might have been. Mm -hmm. And do you think your brother, was your brother told the same thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. So in a way you're, I guess it's true. You do less damage to the generations as they go because it seems like you're potentially breaking away from this or you have some consciousness on this. Do you think your brother has any of that? Any of? A kind of awareness of, hmm, I'm not really dating. I'm not in a relationship. I'm 34 years old and I'm living with my brother. We haven't talked about it. We really? really? Yeah. Even though we live together and we're really close and when you say, hey, who's your family? I would just say him and he would probably say the same. We don't talk about intimate things at all or Shocker. emotions. We don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> but that's interesting, though, because you said you're really close. So you don't talk about these intimate things. Those things are not quite on the same side. They're quite opposing. How is that? How does that happen? I don't know. We just I feel like if you were to sum it up, it's just each of our own personalities not really being in touch with our emotions. Okay. So how can you even be? emotionally available to someone you really love if you're not emotionally available with yourself do you think you're emotionally available with yourself now i am you're okay and what triggered that my recent relationship three years ago yes okay and how long were you in that relationship by the way just uh under two years that's a pretty good chunk of time for a first time yeah so that's really good pretty happy Mm -hmm. about it yeah and what ended what ended the relationship we were just on different pages. We weren't getting along and we were very open with each other and we were like, hey, this isn't working for me. It's clearly not working for you. Let's that's mature. Let's not that's, continue this. That's excellent. Are that's you kidding? Really mature. Yeah. yeah, for not for being your first one out the gate. So even though you have kind of built a wall around yourself, you seem to have this desire or ability to to recognize like hey this isn't working for me hey i'm lacking emotional attachment i'm i'm you know there's all these things missing how did you come to that just i mean was it falling in love was that it were you in love would you say you were in love in oh that absolutely. absolutely and what did being in love meant for you in a really in that relationship mm, i've never thought about that just being open and being able to depend on somebody that you can tell them anything and not really care if they agreed with you or not, Mm -hmm. but also knew that they would be able to give you constructive criticism. And when you say depend on them, what does that mean? Depend on what, like, um, they're going to be there in case I fall or depend that they're not going to hurt my feelings, that they're not going to break my heart. Like what is that? Depend on them as far as like emotional support. Okay. Yeah, because a true friend or a true partner doesn't judge you. You just love, especially that the first, with that first two or three months of just, you know, rapture. You, they, they could do no wrong. And it didn't evolve that fast. Really? No, because he was looking for a female friend. I was looking for a friend, and and I actually felt very confident. Here comes that straight I know. I love it every time. It's like Vanessa's period. Yeah, I know, and I am always surprised. Wait, do you still every get month? Your, you still get your period? What? I do. This this pussy has not dried up yet, honey. Oh snap! <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs> All right, where were we? No, the fact that you even were looking for a female friend. Though. Okay, there we go. There we go. Now I'm back on track. Um, the fact that I was looking for a friend, a female friend, and this one, this person in particular was already in a relationship with a female oh. made me very comfortable i was like this is gonna be a really good female friend because 
I'm not a threat. I'm not trying to hook up. You yeah. know? So it's like that wall that most, maybe I'm saying most women would be like, why is this guy being so nice to me? Why is he going yeah. to go out and hang out and talk? It's not like she's not thinking, oh, he wants to hook up with me. Yeah. You know? No, that's very true. And then a lot of women deal with so much crap that when even when a good guy approaches a woman, women have to put up a wall because there's just so much shit. If I was a woman, I'd be angry in this city or a lesbian, which is a little redundant. But, um... <laughs> Wow. My he- my husband says that you that men cannot be friends. Like at, if a man approaches a female, he always has an ulterior motive. We've had this argument over and over again. I don't think it's, if it's a valid a, one. Yeah. And I don't think it has to do with a man approaching a woman. I think this is even a problem in the gay community because I'll be friendly to guys and they react weird and then they think I'm interested. I'm like I'm not hitting on you. Like I'm trying to hit you. Subtle difference. Oh. Yeah, but you know what I mean? It's 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 the same same thing in the gay community. I encounter a lot of gay men that do not know how to talk to you unless sex is involved right that's it uh, and they don't understand they just don't know how to be friendly i've been accused of flirting with people so many times i'm like you're not even in my radar like i was just being friendly hmm. so so there was no alternative motive is that, is that what you're telling me for for true for real at the beginning the, yeah. Yes, yeah at the beginning yeah huh. and how did that change because if she was eating sushi how did she decide to go for red meat <laughs> She Were they did they break up? How did that happen? Yeah, we started hanging out a little bit more and more and our relationship was really just bonding and I guess she, she wasn't happy in her relationship, so I was like I need to do something else. But she was always like back and forth and the way she described it to me was she's always been attracted to women physically, but m- mentally they're just too much or emotionally god yeah that's the women are way more evolved than men how the honestly how the two come together i'm kind of puzzled by that sometimes but i'm also puzzled by how two men come together and two women come together because i at times i get the logic of how a woman can kind of center a guy and kind of calm him down a little bit and then at the same time i feel like men are not equipped to take all of that women are far more evolved than than men are so, so I, I, I question all of the pairings, men, men, women, women, male, female. I question them all because I've, I've been, I remember when I started messing around with guys, all the things that made a guy a guy, I was not too keen on. I was like, really? That's attractive to people? Body hair in certain parts, things that make the male body. I didn't find that fascinating. And it took me a really long time to get comfortable. But that may have been my own internal issues because of having grown up in my, my environment. So when I see a woman with a guy and I'm like, you're willing to be okay with all of that? At least with a guy, I feel like, okay, there's some relatability. Like, I was thrown off by body hair for the longest time. Oh, I still love it. Yeah. You see, I was like, how do women put up with that? <laughs> I still love it. Big carpet bear men. I do agree with your your ex that men are, I feel like men are less complicated. I'm attracted to the female body, but to be you know, alone and intimate with a man is, is just a different, it's a different experience. It's a totally different experience. And I think it's, I think everyone should try it because there is a different way to be with a woman. When I've been with women, that was in one way and a totally different way with a guy. And there's an energy that they both bring that cannot be duplicated. The, and the female energy and what that looks like is different than what a man can bring. So we're promoting sex with everyone. Everyone. Sometimes twice if they're good, but not if they're bad kissers. They're terrible. Um, wow. 
That's really interesting. Well, I'm curious as how how you are, since you missed those building blocks as a young person, and maybe we don't need them. I mean, maybe yeah. you're more evolved because you waited. I, I, I ponder at that all the time. Maybe I wasn't emotionally ready. Well, I know I wasn't emotionally ready for some relationships. Well, even you said like when you had sex the first time, you weren't ready. No. So I think the fact no. that you waited, when, by the time you're 27, even though you may not have all those experiences. You know who you are. Yeah, like uh, the first time I had a one night stand was way after the fact. And I'd been out for like six, seven years already. And people were like, you've never had a one-night stand? I was like, no. And does not mean you need to have a bunch of them to end up in the same place? I mean, if anything, you end up more damaged and broken because you have more scars to heal from. True. So, did you really miss out? Do You, you, you think uh, you missed out a little bit? I, I definitely did, yeah. And you and your brother have never talked about this? No. He's never shared his journey or his process? Nope. And w- Not even close. Really? <laughs> now, have you ever idea. brought it up? Have you ever said, hey? No, but my ex would encourage that talk to happen because she was very much aware of, like, hey, you guys have never talked about anything serious. Yeah. And she was like, all right, this is the year. You're going to tell him, I love you, brother. And it still hasn't happened. Yeah, you haven't said it to him. <laughs> no. What prevents you from saying that? Mainly me not not saying that those three words. I love you. But you love a brother. I do absolutely. You, and why can't you say it? I don't know. It'd be weird, probably, at this point. No, but I, you know, I have to say, I completely know. I know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. I've never said those words to my brothers, and I, it's I've expressed love and affection to people I've dated. And no one can say that I was never affectionate. All my exes can say, oh, Sergio showed love. I have a really difficult time saying those words to my brothers and my sisters. I really do. If we didn't grow up in that environment, we didn't, I've never heard those words from my mother. I, yeah. So I, I understand. I, I understand. So how would you feel if you were very comfortable saying those three words, I love you, and you said it to somebody who really treasures those three words and really really means it and it comes from a very deep place when they say it let's say you said hey i really love you man or not even the man part but just saying that and they said thank you yeah well what, i think what would you say to that response if someone thank s- you if someone said it to me or if i said it to someone like if you said it to me and i responded thank you instead of in, in kind i love you back mm-hmm I mean, it, what, it, wouldn't it, it throw you off a little bit? No, it depends on the relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay. And also, if it throws you off, that means you're expecting them to say, say something. something. So mm-hmm. you, you're not saying it because you want to express it. You're saying it because you're almost checking. And I think a lot of times people do that. They say that it's like, oh, let me say this. And if they return it, then it, my statement is valid. But if they don't, they even question why they said it. And right. I think you should say you love someone because you genuinely love it. The person, which is why I don't say the words freely. Mm-hmm. Like if I genuinely tell someone I love them, I mean it. And like, even I'll listen to people that are like, oh, love you. And I'm like, mm, yeah, no, <laughs> I like, and I like a lot of people, you know, and I have empathy for a bunch of people, but the words, I love you. If I use those words for me, they weigh a lot. Mm-hmm. So I don't just throw them freely. And there are people that I love that even though I love them, like my best friends, even though I know that I love them and I would do anything for them, I don't know that I've set the words. 
have we said I love you to each other? Well, you say that all the time because you love everyone because you're more evolved. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that if I got a call from Vanessa, Rahim, or Robert, and they said, I need you. Like, I wouldn't even think twice. But somehow saying the words. Now, everyone I've dated, I showed love and affection in so many ways. From gifts to gestures to kindness. And I was also selfish at times because that's just... That's you. That's, that's yeah. all of us, you know? You, you just... Um, yeah, I've never said it to my brothers. Hmm. I've Not at all. And I spoke to my sister this morning and she was sharing something very deep and intimate. And I said, I'm, I'm so glad you're sharing this. I'm glad you're letting it out. But I, my default was not to say the words, I love you. Do you love them? Oh, I, I, yes, I do. And I want, the, I want the best for them. But we just didn't grow up in that house. Uh-huh. We didn't grow up in that house at all. Well, there's an opportunity, gentlemen. It is. Yeah. We got Thanksgiving around the corner. You've got Christmas. You see, but I don't do that. You see, now I'm not a fan of those <laughs> because I feel that's obligatory. So I want to, like when Valentine's Day comes around, you get a lot more than you typically get. But you get stuff all the time. So people are like, oh, I hate Valentine's Day because it's a forced, you know, thing. And I'm like, that's if that's the only time you do it. Again, none of my exes can say that they were not showered with flowers, candy, gifts, surprises, dinners, whatever. Like I've, I'm really expressive. So I think in a way I compensate and maybe overexpress that because we just didn't have it at home. Well, I think there's a book. I can't, I wish I could remember what it was, but it's called Love Language. And some people express their love in different ways. And some of them people... Oh, that is true. Right? So you just have a different love language. Some people do it with things. Um, some people do it with words. Some people uh, show love with affection. And it's kind of nice to know what your love language is and what your partner says. Mm-hmm. And make sure you're speaking the same language. But also, I feel that I should have the ability to express love and no matter what language I, I choose, sure. I should feel the freedom to express it. So it's not even so much, am I speaking the language that my partner understands? I'm not expressing the love. But I know that I have with my exes. Hmm. But somehow with my family, I haven't. You know, and I even reached out to my other sister and I said, you know, I said, hey, I got a call. I understand things are going on. I just want to reach out. If you need someone to talk to, here's my number. You know, feel free to reach out. And I know things are complicated at the moment because they're dealing with some stuff. Sure. But I can't, you know. But remember the last time I spoke to my sister, I cried on the phone, and it was around Thanksgiving, and I, I just, I cried because I remember thinking she went through so much, yeah. and she didn't have the tools I had to overcome, and now I see her in this this tornado of chaos because she didn't process, she didn't overcome it. Um, see Thanksgiving, it's just an auspicious time. Yeah, I don't no, think you have yeah. to say I love you because it's Thanksgiving. I just and also, we didn't celebrate Thanksgiving in our household. Oh, it was really? just not a thing. It was a, we're in the Latin household. Are you seeing family? Are you are you and your I brother doing anything? Choosing not to see family. Oh, I, but is that part of your self protective mechanism? Right, that's just your default at this point. It's a default, but also I am close with some of the family that my brother chooses not to be. Yeah, for his own valid reasons. So I'm just. I so you go. have to juggle that. You have to kind of balance that out. It's kind of like taking sides. Yeah, but, you know. Well, you're kind of put in an uncomfortable spot because you're okay with them, or at least whatever bothers you. I can tolerate. Yeah. That's a big word. That's different. (laughs) When you describe a person. Yikes. (laughs) Is this mom we're talking about? No. No. No, Okay. No. No, she's not in the picture at the moment. We'll talk about it later, too. (laughs) So you have never had this conversation with your brother. So you don't know 
how you can be there for him because he's never shared what his pains might be and in a way he's not showing up for you either because you're not letting out what it is you need very true now it took me a long time to realize that but how do you think when you think of that what goes through your head the fact that either of you are really showing up for the other person in a way that they need to be i just feel like there's a lot of room for growth that needs to happen really fast being uh based on our age you know yeah because it's only up from there once that issue is addressed and that growth is made do you think you'll be able to make that crossover i mean it's not of being able to it's just when will you do it hmm. I, i'm capable i know he's capable oh so you think he is capable yeah and what gives you that idea being that you guys have not shared anything like this I mean, if you look at your history, your pattern, I wouldn't say the trail doesn't indicate that this is possible. You just have to accept it and want to grow and break those barriers. So you want to do that now? For the last few years, I've been breaking barriers and, you know, making but more a internal. lot of self-growth. Yeah. So they're your internal barriers. Have you read anything along the way that inspired you or that triggered you or anything? Because I, I feel that there's inspiration all around us whether it's a movie a song a book whatever it is and if you're paying attention these things are going to pop up for you and then then you start to like oh wow okay and it takes you on this journey and then a whole new door opens is anything for you along the way that made you stop and think or made you realize this is not sustainable i got to change this if there was anything that i would say as far as literature mm -hmm. it would be like the art of I don't know what it's called right now, but the art of picking up or hooking up something. The art of something. I can't think of it right now. The art of hooking up. The art of picking up. Oh, okay. It's not that, but... Like the pickup artist? Yes. Like, like yeah. Some, huh. I, think, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the pickup artist. What, 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 what happened that made you think, oh, I need to change things? Just the way they describe about like baking, breaking barriers and coming outside of yourself and not being so scared gotcha. of denial. Gotcha. That is a huge thing, being scared of denial. Do you feel any shame in anything? Do you think shame dictates at all what you do or don't do? No. No? Well, that's no. good. Give me an example. Um, like, I remember I felt shame because my mother was an alcoholic and I don't know who my father was. So I felt that if I was dating anyone and I would go talk to them, I would hear their story of their family and I didn't have any of that. I came from a third world country that was war stricken. I was like, oh, you know, I was an immigrant. And then I was gay. And I was like, all these things that were things to be, at that time, I felt shameful of. And now I don't feel that way at all. But for me, it dictated for a really long time. No, no, I don't feel any shame. That's good. Now, do you have a, do you have a timeline for yourself as far as talking to your brother when you guys are going to crack this thing open? Pretty recent. It'll, it'll, it'll happen you know, within a year or two. And you think he'll be receptive to it? Yeah. And what if he's not? I don't see it happening. I don't see that happening at all. Somebody's just got to make that first step, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to open the door. You really think that's, is that simple? I do. Really? Wow. I want With this one specific person, yeah. 
Well, you guys have lived together since forever. Since forever, so they know each other. Yeah, and there becomes a there's a bond there that it's probably unbreakable at this point. You start to know, like you know, you get used to somebody's breathing and what they're going to say before they even say it. And oh, if I get used to your breathing, we're about to break up. <laughs> if I can hear you, well, I'm used to your breath. So. If I can, if I can hear you <laughs> inhale, if I can hear you swallow, and hear your breathing. It's time's up. Most people like it when I swallow, but okay. Mm, work it out, girl. <laughs> and that's the difference between you and me. And you know a lot more people than I do. Mm. Do you stay in contact with the fir- the girl you dated? Yeah, uh-huh. we're good friends. And, and is she back to women? Is she dating men? Like, where is she now? I prefer not to know. Oh, okay. And why is that? Self-preservation. Would it hurt you to know that she was in a relationship already? I tell myself she is. Okay. But you don't want to know who she's in a relationship with? No. Okay. So you wouldn't care if it was a man or a woman? You just don't want to know, period? I mean, I don't mind knowing. I was at her house on one occasion, and she was home, and then, sure enough, her boyfriend came home. And there was other people there, so it wasn't just, like, us three. Yeah. But I was, like, I was, I was nice. I was genuine. But I knew, without really knowing, that was her boyfriend and at how did the time. That fe- and how did that feel? It felt weird, but I, you know, just kept my cool and just kept it normal. Because he didn't know who I was, but he kind of looked at me like, I might know who you are. So, you know, I, I made sure I left pretty, pretty fast. Yeah. But not fast, but like, all right, I've been here long enough, you know, time, time to go. Yeah, but that's your comfortable. But that's also your default. Again, you know how to self-preserve. So whenever you're in a situation that may be a little bit uncomfortable, automatically you're going to do what you know how to do. And that's put up those walls, push everything away, make sure that I'm self-preserving. Yeah. And you then know. there was another occasion where I saw both of them again at a store, you know, at a grocery store. And I was like, Ugh, gotta go. <laughs> Before they even saw me. Gotcha. And that's a normal reaction. I mean, I think everyone However, is. however that, like, when I left, that, like, mentally affected me a little bit. I, I, I didn't like that. Didn't like the fact that you reacted that way or didn't like didn't the fact like, that you saw them? them? I didn't like the fact that I saw them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but so then you have to question, are you really being there for her as a friend? Because if you were, you would be Not genu- right now. Yeah. Not right now. But how long ago did you guys break up? And not that there's a timeline for anything. I mean, I went through a heartache, and it took me over three years to get over it. Over a year. A year and a half. So do you think you're over it? Do you think you're still holding on? Because wouldn't you want to genuinely be happy for her? I'm holding on to the friendship. Yeah. Part. But Mm -hmm. wouldn't be a friend being happy that she is in a relationship and that hopefully it is a healthy one? Because they say you should always leave your exes better than you found them. So she's admitted that she's not happy. Oh, okay. So I'm like, why are you there? So are you waiting to pick up pieces or something? No. No, I hope not. I'll answer that for you. I don't know. No. Well, I haven't in, I haven't been 100% on that yet. Cuz I think when you stay friends with an ex, there's there's always this slim chance you think, okay, we might no, get back together. I want her to be happy. Yeah, good. That's a healthy we broke response. up with who? I know it was an amicable break, but She broke up with me mostly. Mm. It is also a little harder when you're the one broken up with. It's not easy either way. People are, No. I've broken up in most of my relationships and people think oh it's easy because you broke up i'm like no No. it's not easy i don't want to hurt anyone's feelings especially someone who loves me but when you are the one who's being broken up with something an ex said this to me years ago and i didn't understand it until someone broke up with me um something happens subconsciously when you're broken up with 
whether you have a healthy view of yourself or not that just really kind of changes the way you see things and the way you carry yourself and I didn't get that until I was broken up with by someone and also I was broken up with someone that completely caught me off guard so I was like like, wait what yeah I was like what happened come hell or high water I would never thought we would have broken up and how long ago was it that you saw her and you had this kind of negative reaction that you didn't like the fact that you saw them together summertime okay so pretty damn recent three months ago maybe and have you dated anyone in the meantime have you seen anyone that sparks an interest in you there you no go. no because that is because now i value relationships so yeah. much more and i i just don't want to do anything that's anything less i, I don't want to settle for less i completely so i completely understand that and i actually that's where i'm finding myself right now I'm like i don't need someone just to pass the time i'm good like, I can pass the time on my own. I've got dogs. I've got friends. I'm good. So I completely understand. And I think that's actually really good that at 30, you have that. I, I can't say that I had that at 30. I've dated some people now that I look back, and this is no offense to any of them. Looking back and knowing what I know now, I probably should have not dated them. But I know I needed to learn something from those relationships because now I know what a relationship should be like. Like, I've been in love. I know what that feels like. And that's what I want. That's what I'm curious. I want to know what falling in love was like for you. What did that feel like for you? It wasn't easy. Definitely wasn't easy to allow myself to become that vulnerable. So talk to me about that. So did you fight it? Did you, was it, were those intimate moments weird since they were so new? I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't ready for it. And she had been in love before, probably multiple times. She was very much more in tune with her own emotions and much more, I guess, advanced at dating and being in a relationship. But it was, it was slow to evolve, but I just definitely knew that I, I had a strong connection and it just kept growing over the days, over the months, that we would just experience things that we have never experienced before, being that, oh, we're going to go in the rain and walk around in full rain jackets and rain boots and just walk around in the rain and enjoy each other Yeah, and just get soaking wet. And when you were developing this, was it a physical thing or was it just a connection? We actually weren't. Well, she wasn't as physically attracted to me at the beginning as I was for her. Gotcha. So we both didn't it's really nice think to be that the it would candy. get... <laughs> he didn't have a vagina, remember? <laughs> it's nice to be the ice candy. <laughs> Sticky and sweet. So it kind of caught both of us off guard as far as falling in love. Which is kind of sweet. That is the best kind. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. Sweet. That is the best kind. It, it made it so much more valuable. Yeah. And it's a genuine love because I always say to people, the cover is going to fade. And if all you're fascinated is by the cover... It's, yeah, sorry, bye. sorry, girl. <laughs> Vanessa's putting her hand in her, she's clutching her pearls at the moment. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, the cover's going to fade. And I think of the times that I've been in love with people that I didn't quite see that coming. And then all of a sudden I woke up one day and I'm like, wow, I miss this person. I like being around this person. I felt that that was a much more solid love and more grounded. And the people that I fell in love with, I mean, the, the attraction has to be there on some, at some level. I mean, I remember my ex who I proposed to, I remember when I saw saw him I was like oh my god I'm going to marry this person I just thought he was the most beautiful thing on the planet so it's better I th and not that it's better 
I can see where the bond was that much stronger because it was nothing dangling, nothing shiny in front of you. You genuinely fell for the person, for who they were and what they, what made them, which is wonderful. Absolutely. So what was sex like? Because you'd had all these sexual experience before. I mean, what was, I mean, I remember the first time I was truly in love and had sex with somebody. It was mind freaking blowing. So the first time was not enjoyable for either of us. <laughs> Again, he doesn't have a vagina. So, no, and she said, she was like, that wasn't that fun. Like, that oh, Good for hurt. her. Ouch. Because <laughs> she hadn't, she... She hadn't been with a man She hadn't been with a man for over a year. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah, that's going to be a little different. So now you stay in contact, your friends. Yeah. Um, and you're not holding on to the hope that potentially you may have something in the future. That's just something Vanessa came to on her own, speaking her own I'm desires. probably like 80-20 right now. See? 80, I 20. told you. I told you. They're like, listen, <laughs> mira, look. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, so I find that really interesting. I, I, I tend to do such a clean cut with things. But it also depends. I mean, I, it, it, yeah, there's no, there's no right or wrong. But if it, I wouldn't allow myself to be in a relationship if we weren't if I didn't see success yeah which you is know? a good thing you know I wouldn't be like yep uh, I'm attached to the past gotcha you know and I think a lot of us too sometimes we look at our past relationships and we almost romanticize them more than they actually were right absolutely um, yeah unless unless someone did something terrible like I dated someone who completely lied cheated and broke my heart I was angry and the anger propelled me forward. But I can look back at everyone that I loved in the past and if I look at our pictures, I genuinely have a smile on my face. Like I can see the video when I proposed to my ex and I smile. And I remember that moment being so in love. But that's not the reason to go back into a relationship. And I remember I ran into my ex and a lot of things came up that I just had no idea and we talked about it and I, I even said to him, I'm not sure, I see the windows cracked. And I'm not sure if I'm supposed to lift it and risk it completely cracking or should I just leave it alone and let it be for it's at. So I hear you when you say, yeah, maybe there's an 80-20 thing, but it has to be right. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. But that's also like remembering something better than it actually is when you have it again. You know, it's yeah. like mac and cheese craft mac and cheese was so good as a kid yeah, and you eat it that. now and you're like this is cardboard in a, in a cardboard box yeah and i don't want any of it at nice all nice analogy no it's true i you remember it better i luckily i didn't grow up on mac and cheese so <laughs> i still love my rice and beans now when you were a child did you see affection did you see affection with your parents so a funny thing about my remembering childhood i don't remember much of it so I feel like, sure, it's in there, but talking about me having, you know, doors up and walls, I'm sure it's in there somewhere. I haven't really unlocked those doors. Because gotcha. they say, and having gone through therapy myself, everything that happens to us as adults, it all started as when we were children, whether we witnessed it uh, or didn't see it or we were abused or whatever it is so I remember talking to my therapist and he always went back to my childhood and I, at, at one point I was like I'm 26 years old how long are we going to be singing this tune and he said you have to know what you're letting go of so you have to go back to know um, do you think you've blocked it or like well, how is it that well back to your initial question where you said do I remember affection uh -huh. right yeah so one thing I, I was 
thinking about this before I went to bed last night. Were you touching yourself? That, that, no. <laughs> Seeking of affection. <laughs> so we're but, disgusting. But, I'm but, so sorry. But I knew that we were going to like touch on these topics. Yeah. And I was like, what is like one thing I can remember from my childhood that had to do with affection? And I remember and trying to, you know, trying to connect some dots to my relationship with my mom. And I could just remember being very comforted in her arms on her lap, her petting my head. So just so I could fall asleep and not to fall asleep, but just to be comforted. Gotcha. Do you know how old you were? No, no. So what memories do you have of your childhood or your family? What's the last, how old were you? What's the last memory you remember you have? I I couldn't put a number on it. Really? No, not at all. Like five? You don't remember swinging on a swing, playing some hopscotch, riding a bike, the first time I rode a bike? What age is preschool? Uh, Five, six, depending on on when you were born, five or six, if you were born at the beginning of the year or the end of the year. So maybe five or six, because I can remember a preschool memory. Okay, what is it? Being in the playground, getting ready or getting picked up to go home, and I had like a car, a toy car or something, just some toy that a bigger kid, like a bully, not really, but maybe he had taken it from me and the staff or whoever was trying to get it back from him but she was this big old lady and she was just wobbling around telling hey give it back and i was just like you suck as 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 some form of authority Authority. you know i was like can somebody else be watching me right now get my truck that's so good i don't don't really remember being super upset but it was just maybe i remember more of just her the the inability to do her job yeah the, the the big lady just wobbling like a pigeon just like give it back give it back and i was like you're not you're not good at your job do you think you had a? I, hap- th- I don't know if that made more of an impression than actually getting my toys taken away and you yeah. know kept from me do you think hmm. do you, would you say you had a happy childhood he doesn't remember i don't yeah but remember. i mean but there's just nothing, whatever you there's do nothing really damaging that i remember what happened you know uh, maybe you don't remember five or six but how about seven eight nine ten like when you look back at those years do you do you, was it happy for you were you in a good place do you because i know i blocked a lot of my childhood and i didn't realize how much of it i blocked until i did hypnotherapy and all these things came to surface and i thought oh that's right this happened and this happened so it was almost something triggered the re- the the memory and then it was like as if it happened yesterday so do you think you're blocking things for me i know that i blocked i definitely think i'm blocking things and i can't remember much now i know when i look back and i found out the things that i blocked i can see how those situations impacted me now as an adult Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, that's where that started. Got it. So you don't have anything to link other than your mom saying. I, the, the, the links I do have are memories of family events or gatherings where my mom would not get along with other family members, you know, her siblings. And then that's me right now trying to figure out what got her to where she was and what what made her just self-destruct and those are the memories that you know just arguments at family gatherings between my mom and siblings have you have you thought about doing going to therapy or seeking out i'm not against it hmm. 
But why haven't you pursued it if you're not against it? Because it's expensive. Because it's expensive. Do you have okay. Do you have insurance with your job? Yeah. Because the way I did it, I went through. I went to my doctor, and he was like, "You don't need this." I was like, "Yes, I do need this." <laughs> <laughs> um, and the concern was that the insurance would not cover it. This was also a long time ago. This is at a different time. But I remember I I was about 19, and I thought something's not right. Something doesn't feel good here. And I went to talk to someone. And luckily, she connected me to someone who did pro bono. Mm -hmm. And that's how I got to really invest the time to understand this. So it's interesting. I said your mom would self-destruct or not get along. Do you see in a way it's similar? Well, she she ended up self-destructing. And I was like thinking back what could have got her to that point. Gotcha. You know, trying to figure out, you know, what early memories can I remember that I can associate to give her the benefit of the doubt. Like, hey, yeah, you have every right I can see how you ended up here. Gotcha. Do you see any similarities in the way you manage yourself now? Similar to what she did? When, like, you know, you mentioned family. Like, you're having to almost juggle this thing between your brother and who he gets along with and who you can tolerate. In a way, do you see any similarities? Because we tend to repeat, subconsciously or not, we tend to repeat what we know. And that's all of us. Do you see anything? As of now, no. The main thing being just not being open, being closed off, not being in tune with your uh, emotions. But even with that, not being open, it's not just in one area. You close, that door shuts down everywhere. Work, friends. I mean, somehow you and I connected on some level and I would not know how deep it is based on how you measure a deep connection Mm -hmm. or I know how I measure a deep connection. But I know that on some level I felt a connection to you and we've always managed to talk one way or another but it's been pretty recent yeah but again i mean it's not like i come around Mm -hmm. you know i don't come around that often but also you don't have history with me you don't you don't have to heal any wounds from me i don't i didn't hurt you i didn't whatever i did whatever it is that your family did i mean i i look at my aunt and i know she's damaged but i have so many scars from her that i have a difficult time even making eye contact with her right but i know that if i won the lottery tomorrow i would buy her a home i would make sure she is taken care of for the rest of her life but the hurt and pain that she caused i had to i had to do a lot of work for that to get over it so do you i feel like there's some sort of trauma in your childhood shared trauma but from you and your brother that's what it almost sounds like. You guys both have a, a similar defense mechanism of of not sharing or being closed off to relationships, or not expressing. Or not expressing, yeah. Which is the this is the whole podcast is all about that. It's just sharing your story. Now, your parents divorced at one point. Do you rem- you have memory? I don't of remember that? any of that. No. What? Do you know how old you were at all? I don't know how old really? I was. No. What? So I think I wonder I was if you were young. too young. I think I was too young to remember. Like three. I, I don't know. I, I couldn't put a number. Wow! On and have you asked your mother? No. Is mother I, still with I us? wouldn't. She's. She is. I'm fairly confident she's still with us. Okay. Good. <laughs> I was, I, you know, I don't know. But I've never. I would. I would. I would never. Truly start that conversation and think that it would get somewhere. Huh. When did you realize your parents were not together? Because at one, I remember my grandmother would say that when I went to school. At one point, I started asking, who's my father? Where's my father? So I don't have a memory of that, but Mm -hmm. that's what she told me. And I can understand that when you go to school and you see kids being picked up by their parents. So at what point do you remember looking and saying, hmm, mommy and daddy don't live together the way my friend Jimmy and his mommy and daddy live together? Always. 
Also, you always were aware of that. Always aware. And how, yeah. what was that they, for you? They, I don't think... I might not have an early memory that they were even together. Oh, really? No. No, because my I, now that I think about it, and I've actually thought about this recently, maybe within two weeks, saying, what is your earliest memory just in life? What is it? You know? And that's the earliest memory I remember as of right now, being in that preschool With playground. Car. Yeah. And But I, even then, being picked up from school, it was just my mom. Was your father around when you were younger? Was he a present father? Was he available? Did you do the normal things? Normal being... A really bad word to use. Maybe he shows up on a weekend. Maybe he doesn't. But always says he would. Do you have fond memories of your time Mm -hmm. with him? There's nothing negative I remember. He just wasn't there. Yeah. Well, I mean, not, not having a negative memory and having no memory mm-hmm. are different things. Like, I didn't realize how much I missed of my father. I was on a trip with someone I was dating, and we were at the beach, and he took a rock, and he slit the rock, uh, and it bounced. And I thought, oh, I've never done that. <laughs> and he said, what are you talking about? My father showed me this when we would hang out at the lake. And I wasn't aware of it. And he realized at that point, I have all these memories that Sergio doesn't have. And he said to me, he goes, oh my God, I realize how many things you just don't have. And I was, and I was not aware of it. So in a way, it's, it's almost like, do you have a bad memory or do you have no memory? And in a way, you don't know until you start to look at things. I didn't realize how many voids I had until he pointed that out. Like, I totally love traveling alone. And I remember the first time I struggled when someone said to me, oh, how was your trip? I said, it was great. Who'd you go with? I said, I went by myself. They're like, oh, I'd be so lonely if I went by myself. (laughs) And I remember thinking, what are you talking about? You're nuts. It's wonderful to travel by yourself. But once that seed was planted, it made me wonder, like, should I be sharing this memory with someone else? Which is a natural desire. I mean, I would love to be in a relationship where the person loves to travel as much as I do, and they can be responsible with their money to do that. But I didn't know that it was missing until someone pointed it out. I didn't know how much void I had with my father not being there until that person said that. So you don't... Do you think it's just he wasn't around or you just don't have a negative memory? I don't have a negative memory and he wasn't around. Okay. But I don't have any negative. It's not like he was beating you up or showing no. up drunk and being abusive or... No, not... Okay. I, that was present probably before I was born. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sometimes I wonder what's worse, not having the memory or having to heal from an abusive father. Because Raheem... His memories of his father are negative. So when we talk about things, I hear him share his anger and frustration with his father. And I'm thinking, he was there. He provided. He wasn't affectionate. He wasn't, you know, the father of the year. But he had the opportunity to pursue education, never had to worry about food, always had a roof over his head. And in his generation, that's how he expressed love. You know, he wasn't the, let me sit you on my lap and cuddle you and make you feel comfortable. So I have either of those things. But I feel in a way that I'm lucky because at least I don't have to heal from abuse. Yeah. I just have a void. Yeah, you have no frame of reference. Yeah. I think it sometimes is easier depending on your 
defense mechanism or how you get through life. I would I would much rather remember somebody not being there than being there with a negative con- context. Right. I, I I think I agree with that. Mm, me too. I don't have a memory of a father, but at least I'm not healing from the abuse or lack of mm-hmm. affection. Like knowing someone's capable of doing something really bad and seeing them doing something really bad. That's true. Very different. Did you like your father, genuinely? Not just because he's your father? Mm, I was going no. to say, no. I knew he was my father, so I had to. Was, <laughs> right? I don't remember. Again, I left. <laughs> I left by the time he was born. What year were you born? 88. Yeah, so I literally, I left. R- your mom must have been pregnant by the time I disappeared. In the womb. Yeah. That, that turkey was already in the oven. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Because I, I graduated high school in 19, <laughs> 1990, <laughs> and I left in my sophomore year. Or sophomore, junior year from the house. And I was already on my own. So you... I remember not knowing who you were. And then I found out that there was a child. So I must have left right around the time your mom was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Do you have a relationship with your father today? Or do you, when's the last time no, you saw him? No, he's not with us. He's passed. Oh, he's gone. No, yeah. He's not with 2006, us. 2006, I think? Seven. Right? Seven. I always yeah. get that year wrong. Did you ever have a relationship with him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But your dad remarried at one point, right? He did. He did remarry. He did. And there was something you had mentioned about when he got married. What was it that you told me? So, he wanted... He was kind of deteriorating in health. Um, I remember him being on chemo for a little bit and then stopping it because oh. he had, I guess, killed whatever was really causing the issue. Did he have cancer or... I don't know. Okay. Actually. So... I could find out, and I will someday. Um, but he had told me on a, you know on a weekend that we were spending together that hey you know I'm gonna be getting married soon. Uh, I just want somebody to clean and cook for me and do do the stuff that I don't want to do, and I won't be spending as much time with you. So I took that as all right. Whoa! Let's make that come true. Do you so, know how, how old were you when you said that? Uh, probably right around 16, turning 17. What? That is so bizarre to me. <laughs> and how did that feel? It was, it was, it was, I, it felt empty. You know, I didn't really know how to take it. I didn't really, I didn't feel good about it, but I didn't really feel bad about it. But I said, all right, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. I can't do anything about that. However, what I can do is make sure that those words come true. So I made sure that I didn't spend time with him for the for the very last whole year of his life. So wait, he's sick, and possibly chemo means it's pretty serious. But it's possibly dying, mm-hmm. and then he turns to you and says, "You know what? I think I'm just going to get a housekeeper, so you can't be around." That's so whack. That and is- so he was mid 50s at the time uh-huh. and his wife to be was in her mid 20s okay she was a mail order bride so right so that also had a lot to do with me being like alright this is what you choose something petty you know something that's just disposable in his eyes that's how I saw it yeah that would make me feel disposable right 
Yeah. Like you can just throw your kids away. I don't. I don't need you anymore. I've got someone to do my my laundry. So she she was from Nicaragua, and she left her kid behind, which was I don't know exactly how old, but not much older than ten. So that also made an impression on me on the this woman that yeah. was barely a little bit older than me coming here to marry my dad, who was much older than her, and she's leaving a kid behind and. It didn't, it didn't leave a good feeling in my stomach. I bet. I can see how all these things that would make me not want to open up to anyone. <laughs> I mean, you know, we are a product of our environment. I mean, that would make me want to close up. I wouldn't want to be opening myself to someone. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably walk through the life, screw you. I'm not going to invest any time and energy into humans because they fail you. Hmm. Mm. And how did it feel? So you said, did you feel hurt when your dad said this? A little bit hurt, a little bit surprised, and, and very empty. Were you angry that, that this fuel you? Because you made a conscious decision to make that prophecy come true. You're like, oh, okay, I'll make sure you don't see me. I guess you can describe it as anger, but I never really, really... You didn't feel anger? I didn't feel angry. I didn't Anger was mad. My, anger I, was my motel. It didn't really fuel me. I just, it was like, it was more of a background thing. You know, he only saw me on weekends as is. So I was like, all right, so... Did you feel something else on the weekends? Did you feel because I remember when I was struggling with my stuff, and obviously addiction is a problem. But when my mom did certain things that were terrible, I remember thinking to myself, "How can you choose that over us or over me?" Which made me question my self worth because I thought if you loved me, you would have chosen us. And I realize now that that logic is completely screwed and just, you know, not realistic, especially when someone has an addiction. And being that in our family, no one took the time to talk and explore and really understand why they did what they did. We just, they kept repeating the cycles. So the best thing that happened to me was that I walked away. Um, you didn't have that sense at all from your father feeling like, am I not worthy of your love? Am I not worth your time and energy? Well, I wasn't fully confident to begin with that he was worthy of it yeah he was never down for you from from jump right yeah, like you had when you described your dad you know he was there he he loved you he not mine was who was it who 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 supported you who, who gave you a, a roof over your head he oh, was my talking friend. he was talking about our friend rahim who oh my friend rahim, who has yeah. issues with his dad but oh, his, his dad we yeah. were saying that his dad was actually there yes yeah, so his dad was there gave financial support he was he was there in the sense of a father should be there he was not there in the sense of affection and showing love so my friend has a really difficult time expressing affection toward his father mm -hmm. and now whenever his father says anything he's already ugh, he's agitated and i always tell him i go just give him a chance this is how he shows affection you know he has a different background but again it's it's easier for me to say because i'm a spectator it's always easier when you're watching than when you're in it so i didn't have either yeah. the financial or the emotional support do yeah, you we got that <laughs> <laughs> loud and clear i was not aware that he wasn't there financially or emotionally Again, maybe because I was gone by then and I was mm -hmm. dealing with my own things. I mean, yeah. I was 16 years old. The way that I know about life. Did you know his father? Uh-huh. Huh. The woman that took care of his grandmother, that was his son. I lived with her in Central America, and I remember they would have the most violent, drunk fights that the whole neighborhood would be involved. What? Yeah. See, I don't, I don't know any of that. Yeah. Never saw it. 
rather have not I was seen. about maybe five or six years old. It was right before I came to the States. And they would get drunk. And they would I mean, full-out fights. The neighborhood would come out. <laughs> yeah. Rolling around on the ground fights? Like oh, pulling full, hair? full-on swinging, throwing things at each other, threatening to kill each other. It was very violent. Yikes. And, yeah. then, and then what happens on, in the next morning? And Nothing. Hey, what's up? You know? Nothing. Like, they don't talk about it. You back see, this is, this is so where I get... I Not only do I separate from my family, that's my blood family, my brothers and sisters, although I'm seeing it a little bit more in my siblings now that they're getting older, but I also in his family, it was never talked about. It was never talked about. And also, I think it's not talked about because they're afraid to look because they equate that to wrong. There's nothing wrong. Let's just address this so we don't keep repeating the cycle. And then here are these people. They just get up. They grow up. They have children. They're not equipped. They don't have the tools. And they just keep passing it on. As someone who doesn't have a child, not to show up for your child or to say that I'm putting someone else over my child, that concept for me sounds insane. But I also came from a broken home. I would never choose that. If I dated someone who says, I don't like dogs, we're not going to date. It's that simple. That's how it should be. Yeah. So to think that a father would say, I'm not going to come around because I'm marrying someone. And also, you know, there's, there's no right or wrong. He feels he's dying. He needs someone to take care of him. He must have not felt the bond with you guys on some level to know that you guys would take care of him because I don't think anyone would consciously make that decision. So I wonder what was going on with him that he felt he could say the words, I'm not going to come around. I'm going to have this person. I'm going to marry. I basically got a mail order bride that's half my age. Well, that's I, I, the way I interpreted it was he wanted a maid, a female maid. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that she realized that woman too, what she was getting into? She probably wanted to come she, to the States, she, obviously. She didn't know. No, she did not know what she got herself into. And when you, when you live in a third world country and you have the opportunity to come you're here like I'm go let's go you're gonna take it I will suck some old man weenie <laughs> well not only that I mean here you have the possibility to do something even if you work a minimum wage job sure. you can work your way up in Central America you'll work like a slave in the beating sun and you're not getting any better you're not gonna progress right you're stuck so all these people in a way were trying to self-preserve and you were kind of caught in the crossfire of that and I also knew that her coming over here becoming a citizen leaving her daughter behind still she would have the opportunity to bring her daughter over so i knew that you know even if she wasn't thinking about it but i knew that that would still be a possibility of her bettering her life bettering her daughter's life true Mm -hmm. do you know if she ever brought her did you ever stay in contact with her after your father passed only to sign some legal forms and what was that process once your father passed and i guess you had to sign legal forms she felt like she was entitled to his possessions. And how long have they been married? Barely a year, maybe a little bit over. Oh, wow. So. Oh, she was like, I'm taking all of this. <laughs> and I was like, nope. She tried not. to Anna Nicole, dad. Hmm. And he, your father, left the will, though. He did, he did. And he had shown it to me before he got married. So he told me, hey, this is something I made. It was very casual. It wasn't like, hey, we need to sit down. You need to read this. But it was one of the only times I could remember him being serious and saying, hey, look at this. Read it. And 
know that this is what's happening once I pass. Not hinting that he was going to pass anytime soon, but I knew exactly what it said, and it, it didn't involve my brother. It was just me. Everything was just left to me. So, wait, what was wait, your relationship? What? So he left you everything. Yeah. What was the relationship with huh. your father and your brother? None. And what contributed to that? Do you know? The fact that I'm pretty certain that my brother was old enough to see what my dad was capable of and the actions he did take as far as being abusive verbally, physically with my mom. So that kind of contributed to it as well. So your, when was the last time your father, do you know when your father and your brother had a, spoken or had a, any kind of relationship? They kind of reunited for a short period when my brother went away for college. Where did he go? Somewhere, so, Southern California, somewhere. Hmm. So by the time your father passed, what was their relationship? None. None. None at all. No. So he didn't have any relationship with either of you guys because you were gone. Yep. And he was gone. And obviously your mom and him did not. No, not at all. So I can understand his desire to find a mate, even if it's for necessity, because either of you were going to be taking care of him. Your mom wasn't going to take care of him. I mean, me and me and him had a relationship, but I made sure we lost that relationship when he made those statements. When he made that statement. You know? So he said, yeah, yeah, I don't want to die alone. Well, you're going to choose to die with this one person. But and it's funny thinking, sorry, no, it's funny thinking back on how I viewed my dad's life as far as his longevity, because even when I think back on it and my earliest memories of my dad, I never pictured him. I never imagined him as an old man. I always somehow knew he'd be gone fairly oh, really? early. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, never, always, I always imagined him dying young. I never imagined anyone older. I always see people for how, when I met them. And I have a friend that I met when I was 19. And I have to remind myself. That was a long time ago, He's Sergio. not 19 anymore. <laughs> and when I see her, I, I have to remind myself because I still see the same woman that I saw back then. And yeah. I'm like, oh, she can't walk that fast. She's a little slower. She can't eat that quickly. She can't stay up that late. Like, there's all these factors that go into it. So you just thought your father was going to die young? Subconsciously, now that I think back on it, yeah. The boy's clairvoyant. Um, I tell you. So he left you everything. I mean, that... How did I that feel, feel like for that you? That says, says, says something, doesn't yeah. it? How did that feel to know that you were the only one? I mean, in a way, if you, I think it's a positive thing. But at the same time, he, he didn't like your son, his brother, your brother. I it, mean... It felt natural. Really? Because, I, I don't know, it just felt natural. I felt like, yeah, I guess that's the right thing to do. Hmm. And maybe he knew that me, my brother, and my mom were so close that it would be distributed between us. But were you guys but close? Through me. Say that again? But were you guys close? Because based on what you've shared so far, it doesn't seem like you guys have that strong of a bond. Closer. Yeah. Closer. We lived together. Now, where were you living? Well, you were living with your mom, right? Because he would come in. Yeah, we were living in a one-bedroom apartment. Your brother, your mom, and? And. 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 Where was was this? Daly City. Oh. 
that that'll make anyone depressed. <laughs> no offense, Daily City. <laughs> Other people go die. Um, no offense, Vanessa. I know you live there or next door. I live in the Noe Valley of Daily City, so mm. I don't know what you're talking about. It's a valley, all right. <laughs> wow. So all three of you guys in a one-bedroom apartment. You would. I mean, I think in a way I can see that making someone shut shut off though because you almost have no privacy right there are certain things you're going to go through when you're a teenager when you discover masturbation when you whatever it is and being in that close quarters all the time and not having your own space i would almost can see that someone shutting down like oh i don't need to be all out in the open and it also made me not want to bring people around the house because it wasn't like something that i was proud of and that just also contributed to never introducing my mom to any anybody close to me or even a fraction of a close to me so there there's shame right there that's shame okay yeah like because i remember having that feeling as well because mm-hmm. i mean i lived i slept in the hallway that's that was my that's where i slept mm-hmm. especially when i used to wet my bed i went from the hallway to sleeping in the tub so there was a shame so i can see that because I mean, to hear you express yourself the way you do, and then knowing what you've shared so far, I find it impressive that you have the words, that you're this articulate, that you can really give the shape. And at the same time, it's like, how did you find these words when you look at your environment? You know, absent father, whatever history with your mom, you're, these people are near you, but you're not really close with each other. Have you ever said, I love you to your mom? No. Yeah. Not that I can remember. Can you say that to her? No. No. Now, I know that you guys are not in contact at the moment. Realistically speaking, what if you received a phone call and said your mom has passed? Do what, do you have any idea what that would do to you or what your reaction would be? Recently, and now I say recently, within the last five years recently, I would sometimes hope that would come sooner than later. Ooh. Out of malice? Out of what drives that thought? Malicious? Just to like have a clean slate. Gotcha. Wow. I know it's cold. I know it is everybody. It is. Whenever, whenever I describe the relationship or the past of, of my mother to somebody, they're like, "But it's your mom." Yeah. No. Yeah. And it's like means nothing. But for me, anything that she's done or will do, potentially, I forgive her. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I'm going to have to, that I'm willing to start a relationship with her. I think that's a healthy place to be personally. Yeah, it is. It's clear. I had to go go through that. I had to go through that. I had to realize.